who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. You're listening to Pixels and Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 25 I'm glad I could use my free space for this, Zahara Zhang said to Dex as she gave him the nickel tour of the kiosk she and some of the members of her squad had set up in M-City. They'd put up the footage from the takedown at Mud, along with an explanation of the evidence they'd collected showing that the storefront attacks appeared to be carried out by the same people. They even had actual vid of the Techloid security team collecting their people, admitting that they were Techloid employees. It was a good setup. This is a great way to make this information public, Dex said. It's safe here, and easily accessible. How hard was it to organize? No problem at all, Zhang said. The visual interface for resing the block is really easy to use. Whoever thought up that maintenance room idea was a genius. Dex remembered their earlier visit and the broken hollow message. You find any other little notes from your benefactor? No, Zhang laughed, then got a strange look on her face. Though I did have to use the full admin panel for one thing, and I thought I saw something odd. A schematic panel appeared on the wall next to her. Hang on, I want to check something out. She minimized the schematic with a pinch of her fingers, then an old-fashioned text screen appeared in its place. Not the command line, Dex groaned. Exactly the command line, Zhang said, a string of characters appearing on the screen. The screen was now a cacophony of text, some that was comprehensible enough to Dex, file names, search results, but much of it was the gobbledygook that gave him a headache. cd forward slash ls net network system etsy home hello.dict bin cores dev hello.holo user setup.log opt private sbin temp var setup.package. I think there might be a text version of that holo, Zhang said. It's worth a shot. More hello.dict. Hello, Zahara Zhang. If you're seeing this, I must be dead, sorry, but I always wanted to say that. Not that I'm happy to be dead, but, well, never mind. I have, or suppose I should say, had a flair for the dramatic. Anyway, you're probably wondering who I am, why I let the disc block to you. As for the former, no one important, which is how I managed this all along. As for why you? Well, why not you? I thought you'd use it well. 
You see, we met once as part of your initiative to help secure the M-City interface. I distributed some upgrade rods for you. I was using another name, so I don't expect you to remember me. As you may have guessed, the disk block is one of many. Not enough for a big firm to mess, but enough to add a significant number to the private supply. It's not enough, but it's start. Mr. Clock is yours to do with as you see fit. Make a living for yourself, give the space away to a collective, or sell it back to some firm. I don't care. Just do with it what you think is right. It's about time that individual people were making those decisions. Well, that was certainly interesting, Zhang said, if not exactly illuminating. What's with all the weird stuff? Mr. Clock? Dex asked. Speech to text error, I think, Zhang said. Automated from the voice message that was part of the hollow. Oh yeah, that makes sense, Dex said. Well, I guess we have learned one thing from this. What's that? Irina Nightingale would probably be pleased with what we're doing with this res base. Zhang smiled. You're right, she probably would. It's not like Dex thought they were going to set the world on fire. He never even really expected anything concrete to come of it immediately. He was a realist, he thought. He did, however, expect people to care. The public reaction to the revelation that two of the major firms were actively working to sabotage each other was, to put it mildly, disappointing. The day they released the evidence, it was a trending topic in some of the feeds. The online chatter seemed to indicate that no one seriously doubted the evidence. The problem was that most people regarded it as a matter of idle curiosity. And, of course, there were a few vocal critics. Some argued that it was business as usual, others that the evidence was fabricated. The analysis was that these claims were essentially dismissed, but it didn't change the fact that, all in all, the news made as much of a splash as a raindrop in the ocean. Dex wanted to mope around, annoyed at the little effect they'd had, but he forced himself to get on with his work. Annabelle had every right to mope around, and she'd been hustling to find more freelance work, and had done a couple of small jobs since being let go by Stella Bish, but they were nothing compared to the work she used to do. And they didn't bring in a lot, either. Mac Larson had thrown as much work her way as he could, but most of the organization's activities weren't exactly lucrative. The whole point of their existence was that they helped people regardless of their financial value. But even though, by all rights, she ought to be upset about her situation, Annabelle seemed to be making the best of it, so much so that she was the one who forced Dex to keep up with his social commitments. How can I go off and just have fun at a time like this? He'd said when she reminded him that he'd agreed to get back to rehearsing with his band. A time like what? This. Everything has turned to shit and no one seems to care. There are more people out on the streets every day. Empire and Techloid and Omnitrack and fuck knows who else are taking aim at each other with no concern for the consequences to anything but their own gross holding statements. In here, he broke off, wishing he hadn't brought up their own personal situation. Yes, Annabelle prompted. What about here? Dex sighed. You're working so hard to get things going again. For work. For this. He spread his arms out, taking in the apartment and everything in it. Neither of them having corporate jobs meant that they had to pay for it all out of pocket, which they were now only barely managing. How can I fuck off to some M-City dive bar to bang on my mandolin while you're out there hustling for another couple of euros? Oh, honey, Annabelle smiled sadly. Yeah, I'm trying to get things back off the ground, and yeah, it's a lot of work. But even I take an hour or two off here and there. I know we've gotten ourselves... She looked around the apartment. Entangled here. And that's mostly a good thing. But I'm capable of taking care of myself. 
And if you really believe that giving up everything in life that you love is taking care of yourself, she shot him a look, then maybe you're not so much more than a pretty face after all. Everything I love is right here, Dex answered after a moment. Annabelle shook her head. You are a sweet talker, there was never any doubt of that, but we both know that's not true. You need your music nights, your drinks with Renee down at La Retro, your puzzles to solve, just as much as you need food, bricks, and water. Dex opened his mouth to argue, but she put her finger to his lips and silenced him. I know you'd give up all that for me, whether I want you to or not. I get it. But the point is, you don't have to. You're a much better partner to me when you're not miserable, and going to a rehearsal and playing a gig or two keeps you from being miserable. Dex nodded, but he wasn't won over. What about everything else? There are people who barely have enough to eat while I'm off gallivanting. You're right, it's not fair, she said. And I don't really have a good answer for that, except that you being miserable doesn't make their lives any better. And as far as I can tell, you being less miserable doesn't make their lives any worse. I guess that's the thing. Try to live the best life you can while making sure that it doesn't happen on someone else's back. But how can I be sure? They were both silent for a while. I guess that's why we're doing what we're doing, she said finally. Trying to make things more transparent. So people know what's really going on behind the stuff we buy and the tools we use. It's so we can be sure. Annabelle eventually kicked Dex out of the house, so he went to meet up with Renee at La Retro. He felt badly about spending money when things were so tight, but she'd insisted. He took the long way to get there, along the beach and through the Pietan. He couldn't help but think about how lucky he was to live somewhere so beautiful, with work he liked and people he loved. How did the bosses at the firm survive, knowing they were the beneficiaries of so much unfairness? Could they honestly believe that an accident of birth entitled them to so much more than the vast majority of the world's population? Did they even recognize the people they employed to generate their profits as the same as them? He stepped across the threshold of La Retro half an hour later and in a foul mood. Renee took one look at his expression and said, You, sir, look like you could use an attitude adjuster. He jerked his head toward the bar. Dex shook his head. Just water for me, he said, rubbing his fingers together in the gesture he'd learned from Renee indicated that something was expensive. Hmm, Renee said. Annabelle's work situation? Dex nodded. Well, I can spring for our rum once in a while, Renee said, poking the menu pad before Dex could protest. It's in my own self-interest to have you less owly. Owly? Dex was thrown off balance by the bizarre turn of phrase. Look it up, Renee said laughing. It suits you today. Dex did just that and had to admit that Renee was right. He was cranky. I'm just so tired, Renee. He took a deep breath and consciously willed his muscles to relax. It's not like I'm overworked or anything. Other than a couple of hours here and there to help out with some deliveries, nothing in my day-to-day has even really changed. But it's always there now. Thinking about how unfair things are. Worrying if what I'm doing is making things better or helping this fucked-up system carry on destroying people's lives. The server brought their drinks and Dex lifted his glass. Who made this? he said. How do I know that the company I'm supporting by buying this drink isn't part of Empire or Vertisales? Number one, Renee said, you could look it up. Number two, technically, you're not buying that drink. 
You know what I mean, Renee nodded. And yeah, I could look it up. I should, really. But even if it's no one we know about, there's no way to know how well they treat their employees. I mean, when you think about it, no one really treats their employees well. The entire system is built on all of us being stuck, requiring a job just to get by, so we have no choice but to go along with what our bosses want. It's better than it was a few years ago, Renee said. Look at us, Annabelle, everyone in La Liberté. We've all gotten out of the system. It can be done. Sure, but how many of us are there? Is it even 1%? Renee frowned. I don't know. Dex took a sip of his drink, his mind spiraling down into the thoughts that he'd been keeping at bay until now. And then I have to wonder, are we really making things better by getting out of the system? What do you mean? Renee asked. Surely this is better. For us it is, Dex said. But did you notice that it was only when people started freelancing, setting up shop in M-City, that the firms tried to control the online space? Then when we took that back, when places like La Liberté started up, that's when the firms got aggressive with each other. I guess that if they couldn't take us on to regain their lost market share, they had to turn on each other. Renee's voice was quiet, but intense. Are you trying to say that this is our fault? Dex shrugged unhappily. Unintended consequences, maybe. Of course, none of us expected this to happen. Maybe no one could have even predicted it. But I can't ignore the pattern, Renee. I know you dislike coincidences, Renee said, but correlation isn't the same as causation. I know, Dex said, but it's not just the timing. It's logical in a horrible way. Renee stared off into the distance, but Dex didn't think his old friend was online. He was working it out, pondering this terrible reality that had been building in Dex's mind over the past weeks. Finally, he lifted an eyebrow and looked at Dex. You might be right he admitted. It does all follow. But I don't know if it changes anything. First, we can't go back in time. We have to deal with the situation as it exists now, and fretting about how things might have gone differently won't change anything. Second, he took a deep breath, even knowing everything that happened, I'm not sure we should have done anything differently. Really? Dex asked, genuinely confused. There are people who have lost everything. At least one person has died as part of all of this. And you wouldn't change anything? I said I don't know, Renee answered. How many people have been helped by the changes we made? All those people working for themselves in M-City, even out here. Where would they have been otherwise? Would they be on the streets, or worse? He shook his head. I honestly don't know. Maybe we should have just let well enough alone, kept our heads down, and not tried to change anything. He narrowed his eyes and leaned in, voice low. That feels so wrong to me, but I don't know. Maybe it would have been better. But it's too late for would-have-beens. This is reality, he thumped the table with one hand. We have to work with this, the way things are now. That's all we can do. You're right, Dex said finally. Of course, I just... He closed his eyes, the deep truth of what had been bothering him finally coming to the surface. I'm just terrified of making another mistake, of making another decision that I think will make things better, but doesn't. Pushing the firms into making more decisions that hurt people. It seems like everything I do lately has some terrible consequence. Annabelle. He didn't finish the thought. Ah, 
Renee said. Miss Annabelle's work troubles because of the BBB operation. Dex nodded miserably. Well, I cannot help you with that, Renee said. Of course, she would probably be more displeased that you think she is your responsibility than she is upset about this consequence. What? Renee gave a small chuckle. You love her very much. We can all see that. But you are not her guardian. You are not her keeper. She makes her own decisions, as you well know, and she has no interest in being mollycoddled. Not everything is your responsibility, Dex. You are not the savior of the universe, not even the savior of your lady love. She is her own hero. As it should be. You've been listening to Pixels in Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.